I asked uh, what the topic is for tonight, and they're turning it over to you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, because they were like, he has a lot to share. And they showed me a bunch of, they're showing me now too, they're showing me a bunch of like road signs, like go this way, go this way, go this way. Um, so that's interesting. And oh, you know what? I'm being shown right now. Wow, I'm really being shown a lot. It, it, I'm being shown all these directional arrows. You know how like you see a pole and it's like 3,000 miles to Phoenix. 5,000 miles to Seoul and all that. I'm seeing one of those. And it's almost like you put it there now. So, um, and this is for my people, not your people. So apparently you have a lot to share. So hello, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Christina. Um, Long time shit. no see, first of all. And yeah. You you have a snazzy, snazzy haircut. Makes you look super young. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I, so I found someone up here. No one can replace Jonathan. I mean, that's that's my guy. Um, I love you, Jonathan. If you happen to be watching or listening to this, um, and one of the neurotic things that comes um, any part of a move for me is who's going to cut my hair. I don't have much left and the hair that I do have, I want to take care of. And I, I met someone um, here named Vanessa. And this is where, you know, just kind of leaning into those things that feel good um, is helpful and um, using the records as a way to, you know, kind of vibe with someone um, really special. She's, she's great. And she's done a, a really nice job of, putting up with me and giving her some direction and saying, okay, you have huge shoes to fill, but right, she's in there, so. No, it looks really great. But um, I'm sure that the haircut is not the only tweak that you've had as of late. <laughs> my friend, you have been on the waves of experience of a retreat and you met Adam afterwards. So I don't even know where to start because I don't know anything. I'm getting to know all this now. So whatever you would like to start with and share, I'm, I'm there for you. I also want to say hi to my dad. Apparently my dad watches and listens to these podcasts as well, which is great. <laughs> hi, hi, dad. Mr. McCann. <laughs> That's incredible. Fantastic. It? Yeah, it's, it's interesting how um, we can stay connected to people. For sure. Yeah. I, holy shit. Like where to start. Um, I'm back in San Luis Obispo with Meredith. Um, our son Hudson spent um, 10 days without parental oversight. Um, someone who's part of the family via the, the company I work for is our, our CFO's daughter is going to school at Cal Poly and she stayed with Hudson for 10 days. So um, Hudson, we came, we left Hudson, a, um, a, a 13 year old teenager and came back to a young man. He's very independent and very autonomous. And it's been really interesting, like to see what 10 days does and now that he's stretched out and realize that he's capable of um, being a little bit more self-sufficient. Not that he wasn't pining for that. 
um, was an interesting thing to come back to. Did you um, check to see if anything was out of place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's great. Like, oh, uh, yeah, no, Bailey, Bailey loves Jordan. Um, Kingston took 10 days away on a ranch and just, you know, lived his best dog life. Huh. And, uh, and we came back to um, stability, which is nice. Um, so working it backwards, I mean, the last time you and I did this, Christina, was three weeks ago or so. And thankfully, we had a few in the can. Um, and we were preparing to do a retreat with Adam, which we ended up not doing for a variety of reasons, but um, predominantly COVID related and wanting to make sure that we had the right protections in place, not just for attendees, uh, but also for Adam and his community and, and he's indigenous and, you know, everyone's been hit hard, but particularly, you know, the indigenous community as well. Um, so there's, I want to just be delicate. So there's some things that I'm not going to be able to share because of the nature of the work that we did. So some of the names will be left out and some of the um, methods that we used will be left out as well, but fuck me. <laughs> the, I mean, one, you know, it was amazing to be around um, friends again. And this is the, I've been doing this type of work with this group for almost two years. And some folks I'd worked with in the past and then friends that have come out of that community. And this is under um, one gentleman um, who um, lives in Southern California. His name is uh, Dr. Carlos Warder. He's um, a, he was, became a medical physician in, uh, in Chile and then um, picked up another, other advanced degrees. Um, I'll hyperlink to his bio, which is a really impressive guy. Um, he's also you know, a psychiatrist and you know, picked up that degree from Harvard, very well educated. And going back to the 60s, you know, in Chile, um, certain medicines were available and perfectly legal at the time. And so they were using and being trained in how to use um, certain medicines to treat depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, alcoholism, et cetera. So things that are coming back to the forefront uh, via John Hopkins University and, and others and MAPS, et cetera, are, are things that he'd been working with. And we came together as a community, um, not knowing what's going to happen um, with COVID and the pandemic and taking a calculated risk that even if we stayed in a couple of separate houses and we socially distanced, we did everything outside, this group runs anywhere from early 20s all the way up to the mid 70s in terms of age. So we wanted people flying in from all different parts of um, the country. So this retreat was pulled together, knowing that it might be the last one uh, for some time. And there have been others that have been postponed, canceled because of COVID, um, people being in the hospital, people being sick with other uh, maladies, et cetera. Uh, so we all agreed to come together one last time this year and uh, to do the work. Uh, the title of the retreat uh, initially was around healing. Um, one of the things that's really uh, powerful about working with, um, with Dr. Warder is that he might throw out a theme, but as you know, Christina, um, any great teacher um, has already <laughs> worked through what the end result is going to be. And then it's you know, working it backward, just like guided discovery. So 
when we showed up and we, and we came together and we're sitting outside, socially distanced, wearing masks. And one of the gentlemen there um, picked up what looked like a rock, but it ended up being a piece of, uh, of dog feces. And like, so, and so then the conversation turned quickly to um, biomes, microbes, bacteria, virus, fun, fungi, and, and what are we really made of? So in our, in our body composition, you know, the biomes, microbes, uh, those, those three are more prevalent than our DNA. Um, so the, the theme of the retreat then really turned into one about identity. Who are you? Who are you really? And what I liked about the tone of this is how everyone showed up just ready to do the work, right? So nothing had happened, I think since February of this year. And typically they do something um, every quarter. And so nothing happened between February through October 1st uh, in terms of, um, in terms of coming together and doing the work. So the folks that did show up were in a certain place, right? And they had already made the commitment. Everyone had already quarantined for a couple of weeks going into it, testing, hyper-protected, uh, showed up, took tests, et cetera, right? So it could not have gotten any more protected than what it was, but you're still taking a risk and coming together. And when he started talking about, um, who are you really? And identification. And one of the exercises was breathe in and exhale. So like in a meditated seated position, sip water and swallow. And, and those are the two things that we as human beings all have in common as needs. And the, the first day was around unhooking the adjectives from the person itself. Oh, and yeah, and right in <laughs> the identification around even like nutrition and, and cow's milk. We watched this, the documentary when, uh, when we split up and went back to the houses uh, called What the Health. And maybe it's been out for three years. Maybe you've seen it, but it's just around a more plant-based diet. And, and so some of it was very sensational, right? So you have to fact check everything. Um, but in terms of how people identify with even foods and what they're putting into our bodies um, and identifying with what we've been sold, right? So then of course there's the marketing aspect and maybe you like nice watches or bracelets or shirts or you know your identity becomes wrapped up into things that are exterior to us in, in our experience. Um, so that was, day one around if I say I have the right that's freedom if I say Christina you have the right that's almost like enslavement because I'm giving you a path to empowerment where you're not finding your own answers and one of the things that um, he had shared was that when you're a teacher, and I'm sure that this makes sense to you because it certainly resonated with me, uh, when other people are coming to you for guidance and or instruction or help or counsel or a shoulder or uh, for help on the path, as a teacher, you almost don't want to be needed. And, you know, he was coming from such a loving place. He's like, you know, I'm as a teacher, he's like, I don't want for you to need me anymore. And, and that's, it just, it really seemed to lock in and uh, what he was sharing and what was going to come out of the next couple of days. 
<laughs> so it felt good. Went to bed. Meredith was with me. I woke up the next day, and because of the um, because of the pandemic and social distancing and want to be protected, what typically happens is that we'll all do work, special work together. But this time we split up into a couple of smaller groups to make it more manageable. And so we, we built up into this on being human and this mirror exercise was presented to us where we each had to walk up to this um, Florida ceiling mirror and just look at the mirror and and say who am I right and who am I and then you're going to say an answer so some like I'm a conscious being of light and blah 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 that and everything was just really hitting home for me um, so I walked up to the mirror and I'm looking at myself and I just started crying <laughs> And it's been so long since I've been able to just look at myself in the mirror. Um, pretty recent, like just over the last year, when I've been able to look at myself in the mirror, the same way that I'm able to see other people. And that's been a challenging part of the work for me, Christina, and I'm not sure if this resonates with you, but when I look at someone and I meet someone, it's like, oh my God, you can get right to the soul level truth of someone and see like all of the majestic beauty that's inherent in that individual. But when it comes to seeing myself, it's like, <laughs> there's lots of shadows, lots of things to work on. I identify. Okay. And I just, I got up to the mirror and I just started crying and I just sat back down. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. Uh, so my intention going into the work was a little bit around purpose and what kept coming through for me was serve and lead, serve and lead, serve and lead. And I, I landed on what I, the experience that I wanted was for all of it at once. I've had experiences, experience is the wrong word. I, I have a reference point and a reference points of where I've observed myself as a creator creating so there's a distance between that very powerful experience what i wanted was to be able to get behind the eye like what's beyond that and every time so in the last like year because i hadn't been um with this group since december of last year and i spent a lot of time you know working on my own practice and my own meditation and my own inner deep, deep, deep work on what's behind the eye. And there's always just more and more and more and more and more. It's like, what's, what's better than more and more and more and more and more. It's like well, all of it at once. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my, uh, my ask was, I want all of it at once. And his response back was, well, can you, can I give it to you sequentially? <laughs> I said, sure. <laughs> um, just a, what a beautiful human. Um, oh, I'm even nervous talking about this because I, I don't want to overshare or undershare. Um, 
the so on this property where we all got together um huge space um you can see the ocean there's hills and mountains everywhere and just just think like what's what does it look like in like mexico right like in like baja or something like that and i found this little spot um, next to this pond and it's dark out right? so we're doing this at night and I'm sitting there and I put out my blanket and I grab my headphones just to block out noise and, and desensitize in that way. And I lay down. Christina, I laid down and closed my eyes and then opened my eye, closed my eye, opened my eye. And it's like when I when this eye was closed. I was able to see more. So it's like what was in was out, what's out was in, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And when my eyes were closed, I was able to see all of it. Now, earlier that day, as we're all sitting outside in like a semicircle, um, listening to Carlos in the spiritual discourse, the, the backdrop shifted on me. Um, you know, I, I'm not taking anything other than caffeine. And what I saw, like the background changed. All of a sudden we're in this like amphitheater, which felt like it was in the Mediterranean. And then the outfits changed on people. And it was almost like we were sitting in uh, Greece or and it felt like Greece more so than Rome. And so what was funny is like, as I'm sitting there and like the, that reality shifts, that field shifts. And I see us sitting there in a, in a place where the, the, the soul level truth of it was that it was not, of course, the first time we'd been in this setting. It was almost like a memory coming back. Not almost like it was a memory coming back of shared experiences that we've had before, where maybe the roles had changed and the teachers were different, but we're all together having um, satsang, satsang, right? So um, spiritual discourse. And so just being tapped in and knowing that like that's where things were like going into the special work is like, yeah, like this is, I'm, I'm, I'm clear. So I'm laying there and then the similar thing starts to happen, right? So what's in is out, what's out is in. The, um, and then I felt like my heartbeat, like boom, 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 boom. And a week before that became a, a prominent aspect of my meditation. Like, and it's not something that's happened before, where it's just my heartbeat. And then my lungs, and I saw my lungs like breathing in and breathing out. And it was spiritual. And then as my eyes close and I'm fully, I fully melded these different fields and these, these different realities. I heard, hello, old friend. And Carlos had shown up, not the first time this has happened, right? Where he and I joined each other um, in, in this field. And the conversation and the backdrop, Christina, um, felt like it had gone on for millennia. Like not hundreds of years or thousands of years. Like it was like two intimate, friends and lovers coming together 
and it, it was almost like a um, like a vaudeville show so it was like this like super sultry sexy um sort of entanglement and not the first time this has happened but it was it was him but it was us and it was me and it was we so just coming back to this true understanding and this this true self so I'm in, I'm out, I'm here, I'm there. My eyes are open, they're closed, there's consciousness. And the, um, I'll call them tendrils, uh, came into my mind's eye and just started like massaging my head and pulling me down into where I was laying. And this is pretty consistent for me. Um, and that when I go into this state is when, what I now understand are these entities that I'm connected with, um, come in. And holy shit. <laughs> like, um, I saw them, light form, and they were, they were in and out, right? So there was no eyes closed, eyes open. Everything was a reality. And it was these explicit and implicit elements of, of what was happening. Um, so when this connection's made and then going into my physical body and it wasn't invasive, like there, there's absolute permission because this has been going on for like time immemorial. And it's like, there's going in and doing work. And I always feel like I'm getting like a hardware upgrade and a software upgrade when I do this because they'll ask for permission. Like, Hey, can we do this? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and was presented with some really interesting options. One option was this merge, merging with technology. And it, it's, it wasn't meant to be like an overtaking. It was kind of meant to save us from ourselves. And I say this, and it comes, it sounds egoic, but I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, it's like where you know I'm I'm saving society as we know it, and that's not quite the case. But the the options or the possibilities or probabilities of what this could look like if humanity carries on its current course, and that there are other entities and or um, energies that are working with us that are there to support us. One was very, uh, was colder and a little bit less autonomous where we um, had less agency. And there's like us bringing technology into our body as a way of finding some sort of um, placidity or some sort of like subtle, subtle bliss, like a slightly elevated version of normality, um, which is okay. I mean, and it didn't feel great. It's like, oh, okay. It's like finding a really great show on Netflix that you can just watch for eternity. You know, it's, it's not going to get any better or worse than that. It's like watching Shit's Creek for the rest of rest of your existence. And this other one was um, like a return to a biological state where everything was incredibly green and it's embracing the human aspects of the work being a human, a human being. I was like, well, of course, that's what I want. I want that because that felt 
like there's tons of possibilities. It felt great. It felt warm and it felt closer to how I wanted to, um, to kind of live my life. Now, so the, the, once I decided, like I wanted to lean more into the, the being human aspect and less technology, that's when the experience was like, okay, and experience is the wrong word. That's when the, that's when everything started to shift a little bit. The, it became clear for me that it's important to implement my will immediately and just begin to arrange my situation to my soul's advantage. So as I've had this experience with the entities um, where it's the first time that I haven't been scared by it and I recognize what's going on, um, I still didn't wanna talk about that to anyone. Like nobody, right? Like, okay, this is what's happening for me. Um, this is not something I wanna talk about uh, because I wouldn't even know how to address that. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this in a very public way um, now. Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of extreme now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, and and this is just this is just the world. This is I have one foot in on this plane, and I have one foot in another plane entirely, and I'm comfortable with that. Like that's I chose that, and I'm I recognize it, and I'm going to celebrate that. There's these integrated parallel realities. Um, that I'm, I'm going to begin to operate from. That being said, um, and I was like, well, I think I should get up and walk around a little bit. Not sure. I didn't take my watch or anything. Um, it's the first time I haven't journaled or written anything down or recorded anything on my phone. I just wanted to sit in the experience and observe myself and observe the observer. And I began to walk around and I got a little bit twisted, you know, going through the woods and I was, um, trying to get back to where the group was. And then I heard my friend, he's like, Chris, is that you? And I was like, oh, like he's awake. <laughs> like that's my friend. And as I'm walking over to him, I look over to my left shoulder and I have never seen a more beautiful moon. The moon was just coming up. It was a full moon or near full moon. It was orange coming up over the hill and the stars are dancing. Um, everything's possible. I, I had this experience where, and I was like, oh, I'm like, this must be, okay. So, so these are wave functions. So then as I'm like playing with the wave functions and just kind of peeling these back um, and then having these experience, having these moments where I'm in this super position where I'm everywhere and then I just observe something and then that becomes the reality. And and so then I'm watching energy and in, in what felt like this um, liquid Petri dish around me. And like I could just grab this and, and pull it in or maneuver it in a way that's um, for the highest good. It's like, well, of course, people are able to move energy around to help people, right? Because it's there. And if you then have an awareness of this, how would you not and why would you not use that um, for someone's benefit. So I'm walking over to my friend, see the moon, stars are just dancing all over the place. It's like heaven on earth. And 
we sat down, I sat down next to him. He's covered with wood chips. I'm not sure what the hell he was doing. <laughs> he's, he's like a digger. <laughs> and, <Whoa. laughs> and just hearing his laugh felt like home. And I was like, oh my God, like I miss this so much. And, and hearing people's voices that are like family and having those in our backyard. And so we sat down next to each other and I was and, and Meredith is, you know, somewhere else. And I wanted her to have her own um, time. And he and I just started talking and like just laughing our asses off and like looking at the constellations. He's like, what's that? I'm like, well, it's a cosmic stripper pole. Right. And then like, we're like, <laughs> it's like these jokes. I'm like, you think that's funny? You should have seen the neutrinos on my first wife. I mean, like all sorts of like goofy, goofy jokes. Um, <laughs> I just laughing and loving and living and, and just sitting under the stars and watching the moon come up over the hill. Um, it was heaven on earth. Now, you know, before I found him and I'm on this walk from where I was to there, I hear people like moaning, crying, like everyone's having their own real, um, real visceral experience with this and so as I hear like suffering at the same time I see a couple walking by me and it was almost like Jasmine and Aladdin right and they're just they're walking under this full moon and then the backgrounds change time shifts I'm seeing them in all sorts of different settings it's like wow like this is the story of us right watching these two get to know each other in this way um, at a soul level and, and understanding the true nature of their relationship. Um, nothing short of remarkable. So sitting in this then new ability um, where these integrated parallel realities sit and then being able to understand the true nature of their relationship, our relationship is the story of us um, unfold in front of me. Like it was a diorama uh, was incredible. So then we went back and um, went to bed and um, I woke up and it was like, wow, like I am worth celebrating. I'm, um, that was a statement. And that's where I've been operating ever since. This, um, I've tried to put words on it, Christina, and I'm just, I'm not there yet. The true self, this void, this cosmic consciousness. Um, I was reading something by Eckhart Tolle or last week. He talks about space consciousness, infinite consciousness. I know in meditation, sometimes I, I, I visit this void of infinite consciousness or infinite emptiness. It's kind of where like my heart and my head just get aligned. But he mentioned a word and it stuck and it was liberation. Wow. Yeah. And, and liberation is what feels Right. So that's it. I'm, I say that's it. And that's just the beginning of this part of my journey, of our journey. But everything I had hoped would be true or like I felt was true and the true nature and, and how all of this, I was just laughing at just how ridiculous everything is. And that that's not real. These are constructs that we've created. Um, and what I've where I'm sitting with this right now is that 
the real work is when we pass away and we go to that space in between, the in-between life space. That's where we have the spiritual discourse, where we learn the lessons, we apply what we've learned, or we take what we've learned, get rewired. But this is the spiritual exercise, is, is here on, on this plane on Earth. And, and I know intellectually that we're connected, and I've, I've known that. And I have reference points of the oneness and we understand um, how we're all connected. And to say we, it's, you know, plants, birds, animals, water, you know, all of it, right? We're all made from the same stuff. But I just, I just want to serve, serve my ass off. Wow. So I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for him. Certainly he's um, Carlos is a wonderful, wonderful teacher. Um, just when you find someone who's walked the path and is there uh, to help and I think all he really wants is for our transcendence, like any, you know, good teacher would. Um, I'm really grateful because a lot shifted um, for me over that, over that four or five days and what I'd hoped would be true is and was. And now I feel as if I can be of greater service to the community at large, but most importantly to myself, my true self. Well, I must say, welcome to yourself. <laughs> welcome back, perhaps, because I think, in, I, in my opinion, you're born closer to who you really are. And then as you live, you get a little bit farther and farther apart. It, at least that's how I look at it. So perhaps I should say welcome back to who you truly are. Thank you. You know, it's so much came back to me. And maybe you've had these uh, moments as well, where even as a young kid, like I would lay in bed as a, as a, as a toddler and I would do these eye tricks where I'd squint and see like what's real, what's not real. And then you have like, you can see like the, um, like the, the eye worms and all this other stuff. So these, yes. these other realities. I've, did, I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, I used to lay in bed and do this. So one eye open, one eye close, and then trying to blend realities. And when these things would come to and through and, and communicate with me, um, fuck it, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I heard much louder than anything else of whatever you just said, which is truly amazing. I don't even have words to reflect upon it, but you said, I am worth celebrating. Mm. I think everyone needs to feel that. I need to feel it. I think everyone needs to experience that kind of realization. I am worth celebrating because I don't think many people do celebrate themselves or feel worthy enough to celebrate themselves. 
you should trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put on a LinkedIn post or something. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just for so long, yeah, even though what I thought was true for me when I was younger, right, I attributed to just being, you know, a 16, 17-year-old idealist and where you think you're you're special and it turns out that you're really kind of not. I mean, there's an entire, um, <laughs> yeah, <I get> that. <laughs> right, uh, there's, you know, entire, um, I never finished college, but what is that? When, when you graduate, people get the speeches or commencement speeches. Yes. They're really popular commencement speech on you're not special, right? And what bullshit is that? I mean, you're here, you're unique. You chose to be here, whether we're aware of it or not. Um, it's finding those things. And it's not lost on me that I'm very privileged to be able to go do this deep inner work, either as a facilitator um, and teacher and or as a student um, and affording myself these opportunities. But fuck, I was right. Yeah, you were. And I don't regret any of the um, screwing up and, and tripping over things on the way um, whatsoever. But <laughs> you lean into those things and you, just, you clean up whatever's there. And if you're trying to make room for what's next, the best way to do it is to work through it. And, and to step into this expansiveness. Um, and so often we just get stuck doing the same things over and over and over again and expecting different results. Um, and there's a way through that, right? And that's um, getting to know yourself. And if the meditation, quite frankly, is breathe in, breathe out, take a sip of water, swallow it, who am I? And just keep doing that for an hour a day you're going to get some answers. Whether we're willing to work through those or not, you know, it's, it's a different story. I mean, you'll work through it when, if and when you're ready. Um, but I think I can help. I know you can. Mm -hmm. I know you can. And that's very interesting that you went on this experience. And then the thing, the messages that I got regarding you, I didn't ask, but it just kind of opened the records and opened my guides, you know, like I usually do. And I ask what's on the docket and they're like, Chris needs to serve you. I'm like, well, that sounds great. I am ready because as you know, I've got a lot going on in other personal development areas. So I've always been told in due time, mm -hmm. you know, you'll approach that that's time when you need to pull the trigger and it is approaching very quickly. So I think there was an enlightenment that needed to happen with you too, as far as my own acceleration down my own path. Cause I do think there's a, there's some sort of twist or link kind of a double helix going on with both of us spiritually. So I think that we're kind of tethering each other with, our experiences and then it's kind of joining up almost like lace or something you know yeah totally it's just um the double helix spiraling and you, when you you said the word enlightenment and that kept coming back to me like during the pre-work 
the work and then in the time that Meredith and I um, spent um, together. And it, it's, it's like, do you, do you put a, a, a poll there and say, okay, I've now reached enlightenment and then you get all these like magic coins that drop down? No, no. But now there's this reference point and I've used that, you know, that statement where it's like you, I, I, I understand what that is and have achieved it a handful of times. And if you understand it, you can then operate from it in uh, and, and, and the true nature. The, what's the statement? I had written this down where having this retreat was a stepping stone and not an end it's like once you taste and swallow the uh, the nectar and you get that sweetness in your mouth it's like oh yeah like i'm gonna stick with this if, if some form of um space consciousness or universal consciousness has been acquired stick with it the, the true self transcends agreed reality and this agreed reality that we've constructed where when my friend had asked me under the moon, he was like, Chris, who are you? I said, all of it. And nothing felt sure, like all of it. The people that I tend to work with, I think this might be human nature. Everyone wants to fast forward to the end. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm Everyone guilty. wants to fast forward to the end, probably myself included. So now that you've been through this experience, I kind of want to pick through, I, I want to pick out your brain a little bit, if you don't mind. So everyone wants to fast forward to the end. They are like, yeah, 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 come on. I know that there is hard work to do, but just tell me what's going to happen or just tell me what I need to do. But I'm finding that there's a difference between knowing what you should be doing and understanding what you should be doing so my question to you is before let's separate your time right before this experience and then now the beginning or this reference point right so up into the reference point do you find that you were also asking for answers but yet still stuck in the what's next, what's next, what's beyond, and not seeing how the journey happens? Or did you actually kind of see the journey happening? Like, what was your mindset going into that? And has that changed? And I know you can only speak from your own experience. Right, yeah, there's no other place to speak from, right? Exactly. Um, my life, by my own definition at one point was so broken and not working for me um, that it's always then just been about the journey since then. I, I knew what I kind of wanted. So once I started separating what other people's visions for me or of me were and started to lean into what felt right for me. And some of these could perceivably be very selfish decisions. 
um, where it's like, no, it's like, I'm going to take care of myself first because that's the most important. And that's something I put off to the side. Contentment, protecting everything, you know, and contentment, you brought up that word and it's like, everything needs to be protected then. And so part of this feel like the word discipline to me makes me cringe, like in having self-discipline, like as soon as I say that, it's like, like, what does that mean? Um, but like your ears, your eyes, your, your mouth, your asshole, your penis, your vagina, like anything that's a whole just kind of needs to be protected and covered. And it was a fundamental question I was asking, like, what, what is being repeated in my life that I don't want anymore, be it interiorly, or interior, <laughs> inside or outside, interior or exterior? What's, what patterns keep happening that I'm just done with and that don't serve me anymore? And only from contentment can we begin to take these next steps. And so what is contentment? Contentment is being okay with what you have. And it doesn't mean settling. That doesn't mean sacrificing your needs for someone else. It's like, okay, like, we're in a condo here in San Luis Obispo, right? But we don't like it here. We're not going to stay in this condo. But for now, I'm content with it because it has air conditioning, central air, you know, if there's smoke and fires, everything's clean. There's 94 degrees. We're, we're cool. I'm content. But from this place where like everything is kind of okay, right? So we stabilize, then you can begin to take the next steps. And that's, that was my experience. And like, it wasn't working, it was broken. Um, and I just needed to identify and, and be really honest about myself to myself and what were those things that I just didn't want to put up with anymore. And then it was a decision. It was a choice, actually. A choice is a better, I had to consciously make that choice um, that I wanted better relationships with my kids. I wanted better relationships with myself my parents, I wanted uh, better jobs, right? whatever, whatever it was, is identifying those aspects, those shadow aspects, and shadow can be kind of a negative word, but those, those areas that we need to clean up before we can show up and then wake up. Right. Answer the question? Yes, absolutely. I think there's a lot of wisdom that you previously had already. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it wasn't There's a so lot of wisdom that you already kind of possess because I feel like a lot of people don't even make it to that kind of understanding. So one of my friends um, who I just love, um, he's, he's like, Chris, he's like, I can't believe you just, you got there so fast. And it's like, well, that's relative. Right. So if you look at it linearly, right. Sure. I mean, from the time that I first came to doing this work with you guys to where I am now, of course, I mean, it, it appears. So, but I knew that all this was possible. I knew that something, I, I knew that there was something better than what I was experiencing. And I just had to open myself up to it. And I said, well, sure. And I said, but if you look at it from the course of one lifetime, right? I said, but this is, we're stacking, right? And experiences. And it's not linear in that sense. It's just, it's coming, you know, in, in a holographic sense. Um, and it's not a solo effort, right? And I get that, right? I'm, 
I, I close my eyes and things are being downloaded and I just trust that it's, you know, for my highest good and the highest good of everyone that's connected to me and just keep leaning into that. And it just gets better and better. It does. It does. I've worked with people before and not just worked with people. I have friends that also get in these spirals. I call them these circles of the same mistakes, the same patterns of what comes into their life. And it seems as if you can become very clueless to this and that my, myself included myself very much included because I can talk about other people. I just want to make it clear that I am also very well aware that I am also in the middle of my own spirals happening. Yeah. <laughs> because you're kind of, you can always see it, but you can't always see it about yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel as if it's human nature to exist in these spirals, which are really lessons that you need mm-hmm. to learn. And they come around and around and around. A lot of people call it karma, depending on the situation. Maybe that could be true. Maybe it's not true. But I find that the awareness that you are in patterns, in habits, in spirals, in these little whirl—what do you call those things? The whirlpool. The little yeah, sure. Yeah, the little whirl vortex or whirlpool. Yeah. Yeah, the whirlpools. You're stuck in the whirlpool, going around, going down the drain. I've been in situations in my life where I'm very aware that it it is happening. Now, my opinion and the emotion around it, it was very defiant and full of ego or whatever. For example, when I got deported, when I got deported, it was a shock to the system. I got detained, AKA arrested. And then there was, this gray area that I existed for a couple of days after, because they were investigating us. They let us go. They still wanted information, but I have a feeling that I had a coworker that said too much. And it kind of was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. When I spoke with my judge friend who also had his lawyer friend on the case, they're very high ups in Korea that I happen to know when they said, okay, here are your options. If you fight, you know, you're going to be put in jail and you know, you're going to fight from jail. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. They're like, or you can just accept it and, you know, prepare your cats and move. So I said, okay, that's fine. So as soon as I did that, I remember I hung up the phone and it's like, I flipped this switch of where instead I was all of being on this like fight mode, I was going to this surrender place where I completely said, this is happening. It was an acceptance that this was happening to me. And by golly, I'm going to get all of the things I need to be to get accomplished within 30 days. I'm getting it all accomplished and I'm going to be deported the best way I know how. And I did, (laughs) but now that's not a spiral, but that is a time in my life where I realized that I had to surrender to the things that were happening, especially a lesson. Now I can look back on those moments that I had that were very difficult within that situation. And I was a little bit aware while I was in the situation that this was a learning experience and that this was a faded slash destiny type of experience where I knew that 
the reason I'm getting deported is because I should be leaving Korea in some way, right? Right. Nothing forces you out better than this abrupt <laughs> breakup with the country that you love. Yep. Now that I look back at the experience, of course I see it in a completely different way. Of course I see that that's exactly the way it was. And I can see what happened after the deportation and I can see the beauty of the journey, but I, I didn't really, I understood that there is a journey happening, but I didn't really see any beauty in it because I had a rough transition back to the States. I had not lived in the States for about 12 years uh, with one year in between. So like 13, within a 13 year span, I lived in the U S just equivalent of one year. So you know, I felt like a freak and, you know, here I was uprooting my life. And from a city of 11 million people, all of a sudden I'm in little Taylor, Texas, drinking coffee, watching the guy next door mow his lawn, hearing birds. <laughs> what the hell is that sound? I guess it's birds. Birds? Are those birds? Because... I so it was like a new identity that I had to not make, but find my way in because I knew from a long time ago that my home is in my heart. I'm kind of nomadic anyway, but only because I want to be that way, you know, dang it. So when I was getting deported, you know, the ego around like, well, I know this is a journey. You know, I know this is supposed <laughs> to happen, but oh, I hate being told what to do. So, you know, going back to what you said, it's it's kind of the awareness of the lesson of the journey of whatever you're going through. That's the true wisdom. And I think that sometimes being clueless to it, going through it as well, might be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, there's when you're in it, it's hard. Yeah. Right. And there's no, and there's not a cliche or a platitude that's going to help. Christina, it doesn't matter where you are. Home is where the soul is. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't really serve you in the moment. Right. Exactly. But there are real. <laughs> just, just for everyone that can't see the video version of this, he said that and then completely flipped that off. Right. And I can, or I can do it in, in Iranian, right? Like that's like, I mean, I can, uh, there's there's all sorts of ways to to flick that off. Right. It doesn't really help anyone, right? So it's almost like having now this this additional reference point, where there's even more um, of a sense of awe and wonder, where. I don't want to tell anyone how to do it, but I'd love to help. And I think I can help and, and I know you can help, but our focus is, and is, it will be as long as we're doing this work together is around tactical things or strategic things, but how do you practically, practically apply some of these to get just more context around your experience as a human being human and, and finding some meaning and contentment and, and making room and space available for what's next. Because if you can just get a, a glimmer 
uh, into this notion of what you believe to be true for yourself, just a little spark, then holy shit, like everything can open up and everything can change. And that's what I would like to do. So it is reassuring, I hope, for anyone listening that, first of all, you never really have it figured out. Second, there's really no arrival point. Amen. The arrival point is death, correct? Say it, sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your arrival point is death. And so you're always a work in progress. How you choose to live in the particular moment is up to you. Do you want contentment with, with any situation? You know, it doesn't matter the situation. If you're in a fantastic situation, People out there look at other people's lives and they say, oh, they, they live, they live high they live mighty. They live great. Well, you don't really know that because what's high, mighty, great to you is not to somebody else. And it's not good to look at other people's lives because then you're not going to get what you want. You're always going to be searching. What do I want? Who am I? And you're going to wait to arrive at a destination that's never going to come. Would this be accurate to you? Yes. In, in the experience of a, of a collective life, right? Everyone collectively. Yeah. I, and it doesn't stay the same. And I know that there's going to, like, my life is great right now from all aspects. There's enough money. I'm like, living in a nice city. Sun's always out. Birds are chirping. I'm able to help people. It's not going to be like this at some point. And that's just the work, right? So when we make, and I would be careful in saying this, but when we do make space available for what's next, we don't really know what's next. So when I pray or meditate, it goes like this. I'll say super conscious. You can call it whatever you want, or infinite consciousness or the void or God or Allah or you know, will you manifest that which is for the highest good? And just come back. That's beautiful. I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty simple, yet I can already tell it's probably pretty dang effective. Yeah, feels like it. <laughs> you know, I think so. And if I had to, uh, to summarize and, and thank Carlos, um, you know, he, he made it easier for me to, um, to be with my true self and to, uh, and to level up. And with that comes a responsibility because I've chosen to be able to respond. So that's what I'm going to do. Amazing. Wow. Well, I want to say thank you to you because I always get just as much out of the experience listening to your experiences as you did in experience, but probably not because it sounded pretty profound. Yes. You know, it's, it's one thing to be able to intellectualize it. And this is what I spend if I'm not working. Right. Um, this is what I work on and this is what I think about. And this is how I spend my time is how do I become a better version of myself? Right. So you can intellectualize it and say, yes. And, and you can even experience it 
and have these reference points, right, or these glimpses, right, which is another way of operating. But this one, I am clearly still having a hard time articulating exactly what happened. Which means it's really more about being and feeling. It's a way of operating and carrying my self, my capital S self, um, through this reality and the parallel realities and this, the integrated reality and just marrying those and doing the work. Chris, thank you so much for sharing with everyone. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for the opportunity.